0: Though you wouldn't think anyone would have to make an argument for it, fathers are a big plus toward healthy, emotional, and spiritual development in their kids. While no family functions optimally without a father, fatherlessness still compromises 80% of American households in some areas of America. And not surprisingly, these are also the most crime-ridden areas is that a coincidence or is there a link between fatherlessness and lawlessness both in our homes and in our society at large today we'll be talking with dr meg meeker as she argues for the importance of every household having a strong father that's next on licensed to parents Hi, I'm Michelle Hill, and I'm glad you've joined us for another episode of Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. Shepherds Hill is a year-long, Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis. Our host, Trace Embry, is the founder and executive director of Shepherds Hill, and also the author of The Miracles of Shepherds Hill. Our goal on Licensed to Parent is to take what we're learning each day at Shepherds Hill and share it with you so that you can be better prepared to raise your kid's in a way that honors God. You know, Trace, with the troubled teens that you work with here at Shepherd's Hill Academy, can I assume that you see a correlation between dysfunctional families and fatherlessness?
1: Yeah, no doubt. Um, Though Most of the families we work with at Shepherd's Hill are intact families. We do deal with a number of single parents and a lot of adoptive situations and step-parent situations, but what we see most often, uh, even when families are intact, are fathers that are struggling with what so many American men in general are struggling with today, which is what it first means to be a man. Because uh, if you don't know what it means to be a man, then you know being a husband and father is going to be a lot harder for you to figure out. Uh, there are just too many politically correct yet false narratives about what it means to be a man. We can't even figure out the empirical attributes like DNA and anatomy, uh, if we don't have that figured out about what a man is. How is anyone going to figure out what the non-empirical attributes of fatherhood ought to look like? Uh, generally speaking, right now, American males don't know whether to spit or wind their watches when it comes to being a dad or a man. And those who you know who think they do too often feel they have to suppress what they know to be good and right for raising good kids and families. Uh, guys are now indoctrinated uh, to believe that uh, the traditional stereotypical dad just has too much testosterone in him for his own good and uh, for the good of his family. But I think a lot more women than we think secretly perceive this to be as much hogwash as most men secretly believe it to be. I, I don't think most women are looking for emasculated men because that's when guys seem to escape into any number of unhealthy pursuits rather than fight against the politically correct cultural tide on this issue. But I'm confident that today's guest will help us sort through some of these things and mm-hmm. and uh, you know from from a perspective of a biblical worldview, because she's definitely no slouch when it comes to dealing with families and fatherhood issues.
0: Well, ain't that the truth. Today we're talking with one of the global leading experts on child-father relationships, Dr. Meg Meeker. She has over 30 years of experience as a pediatrician, is the author of the best-selling book and now movie Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters. As an expert in the field, Dr. Meg equips dads with tools and trainings based on extensive practical experience and research. Dr. Meg says that hero Dads are game changers.
1: Amen. Well, Meg, uh, welcome back to the Licensed Parent Broadcast. It's great to have you with us.
2: Thanks so much. It's a joy to be with you.
1: You know, you, you might get this all the time, and, and I I know that real men are becoming an endangered species these days, but what do you say to the person who says, why should a woman be teaching men about fatherhood issues? Um.
2: Mm-hmm. That's a great question, and I do get it, and here's what I do. I tell fathers what their kids tell me, and so mm-hmm. I'm not so much going out and telling dads, you need to this, you need to this. What I try to do with dads is let them see themselves through their child's eyes, because, mm-hmm. and that's where the word hero comes from. So many dads said, I can't read this book, which is called Hero, because I'm not a hero. And I said, I didn't say you were, your kids say you are. Because I believe once a father gets a clear picture of how his children see him and what they want from him, then they'll respond to that. But so many times we go directly to dads and say, you need to this and you need to this and you need to this. And I would not do that as a woman, you know, presuming that I know men better than they know themselves. But what I do know is kids and I've taken care of thousands of kids and listened to those kids talk about their dads and talk Mm -hmm. about what they want from their dads. And it's so much simpler than what dads would believe. You know, I think that adults yeah. make parenting a lot more complicated than it needs to be. But I firmly believe, and I've seen this, if a dad can see himself um, through his child's lens for even 15 minutes, his life would never be the same. Because he'd think, yeah, I, I really? Mm-hmm. Really? That's all <laughs> you really want from me? Uh-huh. Really? Really? Yeah. And it, 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 it's so freeing for a father. It encourages them to step into fatherhood in a very engaging way, not from a distant way. And I just find fathers are so relieved when they realize it's simpler, it's hard, but it's simpler than they think it
1: is. Yeah, yeah. that's why the name of our program is called License to Parent. I think parents have surrendered that license and their authority in the home, particularly dads. Um, We got this idea that, you know, kids are our peers. But, you know, we do a very uh, similar thing, really, uh, with Shepherds Hill. We let the parents know what their kids are actually saying, you know, and and when we take our kids out for what we call the last supper, my wife and I, we do this. The night before graduation, we take them out for what we call the last supper. We ask them a litany of questions for the purpose of being better at what we do. One of the questions is, what's something that Shepherds Hill can never stop doing, something that really helped bring healing to your life. And you know the answer we get all the time, almost every time, never stop making us do things, especially things that require working with our hands. Mm -hmm. Uh, Had we not been made to do so many things, we would have never known how much significance and joy these things bring to our lives. And that's a paraphrase of literally every group that Mm -hmm. graduates from Shepherds Hill. So my question is, why do so many parents fear making their kids do much of anything that, that junior isn't naturally inclined to do, particularly fathers? Yeah,
2: I think that parents in general don't like conflict with their kids.
1: That's it. Because
2: yeah. they believe that if they have conflict, the child will not like them, push away from them, and not return and engage with them. And the mm-hmm. exact opposite happens. when a pa- Because kids need to feel safe and they need to feel directed. And yeah. when a parent exerts authority and says, this is what you can do and this is what you can't do. Oh, and by the way, your chore is to make your bed feed the dog and whatever. And they're made to do that. They learn discipline. They learn to self-discipline and that makes them feel confident. It makes them feel safe. Kids don't feel safe if they live with a parent who's wishy-washy. That's right. It's very, very scary. It's very scary. And I think that parents have bought into this sort of, you know, pop psychology, um, thinking that you know, any conflict with their child will push their child away, and they can't do it. Be- and also, they just don't want to emotionally suppress the child, so they mm-hmm. don't want to make the child do anything he wants because he may not like that. So, um, I think I think those are the main reasons.
1: Yeah, I think they also they they, they feel good about themselves for contributing, being part of the team. Um, I think that yeah. That- it's something that is very important to the kids as well. As Christians, uh, we would refer to Scripture as our guide for both manhood and fatherhood. Uh, how would you respond to those who would say that an ancient book that appears to accept things like slavery, the subjugation of women, and the beating of kids, among other naive accusations, uh, couldn't possibly be relevant to uh, you know for, for guys in today's polite society?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, here's the deal, and I think everybody struggles with the Old Testament thinking, you know, God allowed that. God didn't want that. God didn't want slavery. God didn't want adultery. God didn't want, you know, men to be cruel to their children. The writers of the Old Testament were talking about what the culture was like, Mm -hmm. and for instance, slavery was an abomination to God, so God you know, got rid of slavery. It was men who created slavery. And so it's not God's design. It's not God's character to want those things. It's God's character to want to pull us away from those things and into what is right and good. And, um, so it's, it's, and that's what Jesus shows us. So it's, it's, it's a reconciliation, if you will, between the old and the new Testament to say, um, a lot of the Israelites got a whole lot of things wrong and and, and hear a bunch of them. Um, But if you want to parent well, um, you need to do, follow what God wants you to do today.
0: We're talking with Dr. Meg Meeker today on Licensed to Parent, and we'll be back with more of our conversation right after this.
3: Shepherds Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis is celebrating 20 years of ministry. There have been many distractions in our work through the years as a result of a four-lane highway that divided our land. As a result, plans are underway to develop a whole new campus designed to improve our students' therapeutic experience away from the highway noise, along with up-to-date infrastructure and staff offices, all to help smooth out the day-to-day operations. The five-year two-phase plan will begin with a new dining hall, followed by two new school buildings, also containing a new studio for licensed to parent. Please consider partnering with us, building together a new and improved Shepherd's Hill Academy. Learn more and make your gift today. shepherdshillacademy.org buildingtogether building together. That's shepherdshillacademy.org buildingtogether building together. And thanks for helping us provide healing to teens in crisis. Hi folks, Trace Embry here,
1: host of the Licensed to Parent broadcast and founder of Shepherd's Hill Academy. We've all heard about modern-day miracles, mostly from mission fields. Frankly, I believed about half of them and experienced none of them until about 30 years ago when Christ truly became the Lord of my life. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill is a book that wasn't written as much as it was recorded. It's the true story of how God used a handshake, my family's last $200, and our 30-year odyssey of bumper-to-bumper miracles to acquire a 60-acre farm that was used by the devil and turned it into a 250-acre globally recognized healing ministry for God. I want all people to know that Jesus Christ is still in the miracle-working business for those submitted to his word, will, and way, and who properly
3: understand what faith Truly is. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill An Extraordinary Odyssey of Divine Interventions by Trace Embry. Learn more at licensedoparent.org.
0: Welcome back to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. We are talking today with Dr. Meg Meeker, a parenting expert, and she's helping us understand dads and their children.
1: Well, Meg, I once heard a popular preacher say that anything with no head is dead and anything with two heads is a freak. <laughs> Yet with respect to fatherhood and, and the husband and wife relationship, a lot of people don't s- seem to understand the significance of this statement. How do you see it? you flesh that out?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Christ is the head. Christ is the church. Christ is the one who has the hardest job of all, which is to show us how to live and to live well and to love well. And we need someone to show us that. And kids in particular, this is what parents need to understand about kids. I've never seen it written in the literature, but kids have told me this over and over. And I think that any parent who was a kid, which you were, will resonate with this. When your father tells you to do something and your mother tells you to do something, it's different. If your mm-hmm. father gives you a compliment and your mother gives you a compliment It's different. In a Mm -hmm. child's mind, we say, well, mom has to say nice things to me because she's my mom. Or mom's told me to do that a million times, and so maybe I'll listen, maybe I won't. But when dad says it, it carries an authority in a child's eyes that a mother doesn't have. This is particularly true with teen boys. Teen boys can literally, I've seen them literally abuse their mothers if dad isn't Mm -hmm. around. And so when there's a family unit and the family unit needs to be taken in a certain direction which we all do it only makes sense that the person in the family unit whom the kids see as the the more authority more authoritative if you will that's the person who should lead because they're going to listen, they're going to follow, they're going to pay attention, they're going to feel important. Um, a mother's role is equally valid, it's equally important, but it's different. And that's right. fine with me. And I think that's sure. fine with 90% of the women out there, 90% of the kids, because who wants to be the, the person in the family who shows everybody how to love? who shows everybody what it's like to live a disciplined life, and we all do if we want to succeed at something, you know, and who is who is going to be the one who's going to take responsibility and who's going to say, guys, the buck stops with me, and if something bad goes wrong in the family, it's on my shoulders because I'm the teacher here. It's a very Mm. tough job. It's the most, it's the natural order of the family unit. From a child's perspective. So parents could go, oh, no, 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 it needs to be mom and dad equally. Or no, 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 it doesn't need to be anybody. The kids can can lead the way, which, believe it or not, is that, not that uncommon. It's chaos. Oh, no. It's yeah. pure chaos. But when you have one good, solid leader who loves well and encourages well and serves everybody well, the family structure is So solid and so good. Now, Dr. Meg, when you
0: see this played out, when you see these roles played out in a family setting, what do you see happening with the children? Do they flourish or
2: what does that look like? Well, usually they flourish. The time they don't flourish is when dad comes in like an army sergeant. And he's overly authoritarian. He's military. He says, you do it, you do it. There isn't any love or empathy or kindness shown. He's really like a military sergeant who's there to bark a bunch of rules at people, and that's it. That's when it goes awry. Um, When a father understands that he needs to parent somewhere in the middle between being authoritarian and passive, Then that's when the family unit thrives, and that is a place where fathers, they know their authority. When they tell somebody to do something, the kids go, okay, dad, but but then when that is over, they play games, they hug, they laugh, they have fun. So it's that balance of, look, you have to listen to me. These are the rules. I live by rules, and so do you. Um, but also I'm here to love and encourage you. There's that love there. That's when um, um, families really flourish.
1: I've noticed that kids can deal, and the kids will tell you this, that they can deal with all kinds of boundaries as long as it's done in in a spirit that's not, you know, like a retaliatory spirit or, you know, um, I'm just throwing my weight around or or whatever they they really do It, it gives them a sense of security and the, and this comes out of the mouth of the kids. But when Mom and Dad can't seem to get on the same page with their parenting standards and priorities uh, so that juniors consistently pitting both ends against the middle, who should be the tiebreaker in that situation?
2: Oh, Dad. You know, I, I think that dads need to be, and I think that it's very, very easy uh, for parents to not be on the same page, because we all want our way, um, and we believe that our way is the best way. Sometimes it is, and sometimes it isn't. Um, but but I do believe that, you know, dads need to say, look, you know, this is the way it's going to be, and the best thing that a couple can do, a married couple can do, is to just say, okay, because if they fight month after month about, you know, how kids should be raised and this and this, the kids lose. I mean, the kids oh, are confused. Boy. They feel insecure. Um, you know, life is just, is just too hard for them. So yeah. somebody has to, to win that argument.
1: Yeah. Well, in today's society where, you know, men are trying to be, uh, women, women trying to be men, why shouldn't a woman feel diminished at all when adherence to God and his word, whether they be men or women, talk about men being the head of their home?
2: Because I think we misunderstand what head means. I think that what good headship is all about is really serving um, the other person. Here's an example, if you, you will. My husband and I are both physicians. We work together. After medical school, we both graduated together. We had a child. And um, my husband said to me, we're going to do residency, which is, you know, 90 hours a week for three years. And he said, you know, we both have to do it, but we have a child. We're not going to be gone from our child that much. And he said, so why don't we do this? You do your residency first, and I'll watch our child. And then when, when you're done, I'll do it the second that's what headship is about. Headship mm-hmm. is about saying, I put you before me. I will serve and help you to get you to a place that you can do what God wants you to do. And, and, and he led us through that. And I will tell you after that, our relationship was so good and so solid because I trusted my husband to make decisions for our family that were in our best interest, not always his. And so that's mm-hmm. what a servant leader does. He puts the interest and needs of his family first and said, how can I do what's right and good and best for my family? And that's re- gonna require yeah. sacrifice on my part. Yeah. So to me, you know, that was an example of how I was actually elevated as a Christian woman. And he wasn't diminished, but it was through his strength that I was able to do what God wanted me to do to serve Him.
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny. We do a test in our chapel, and uh, you know, a lot of the a lot of the girls, particularly, that come here claiming to have same sex attractions. I mean. Crazy degree of girls to th- think that, and uh, the girls and the boys. The only time they're under the same roof um, is in chapel on Friday, and um, I I do this little thing where I say, "Girls, raise your hand if you just quit looking for good guys anymore because they just aren't out there." Mm-hmm. And every mm-hmm. hand goes up, and I've been doing this for several years, and I say that I said, "Gentlemen, this is a time where you are allowed to look at the girls and." Uh, I said, that's an indictment against you and the generation that you come from. I said, now, girls, I want to ask you one more question. I say, how many of you would choose to submit yourself to the leadership of a man who committed himself to you in marriage, you knew he wasn't going to run around on you, he's going to love you as Christ loved the church, sacrificially, he's going to be a good father to your kids, a good provider in your home. How many of you would have any problem submitting to his authority in your home. Raise your hand if you have a problem. No hands go up. Mm. I'm like, guys, what do you think of that one? You know? Yeah. And it's it's very, very telling, and I'd like to just kind of get your feedback on that.
2: Absolutely. I think that many times, and I think this is why so many kids are confused mm-hmm. because they're told There are a lot of great options out there, kids. Just pick one because a man and a woman together really doesn't work. And a lot of kids have seen this through growing up with divorced parents, perhaps, who who fight all the time. Kids look at marriage and think, I don't know. I don't know. I've heard a number of kids say, I would never do to my kids what my parents did to me by going through a divorce like that and Mm -hmm. and you know not all divorces are the same but I think that kids have sort of lost faith in um, the 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 married woman and a married man together um, and they've said well we don't know that that's going to work so let's just pick something else and it's it's really really very sad because you're absolutely right when kids are shown what a good marriage between a man and a woman looks like and feels like, um, both to the you know to them as the kids, they don't consider those other options. Kids consider other options because they're discouraged with what they they think you know traditional marriage is all about, yeah. and um, options are given to them all the time. They're encouraged to have options. They're literally yeah. encouraged by teachers and parents and anybody to say, you know, you might be this, you might be that, um, mm-hmm. or you might be both, or whatever. So so figure it out on your own. Yeah. Um, and that's just cruel to kids.
3: It's so Too
2: many choices. cruel to kids because it makes yeah. them
1: confused. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, despite the cultural narrative, this test I did with these kids I was just talking about, how is this not indicative of, of God's ecosystem wired into all of us deep down, that we really kind of know how things should operate? Uh, no one wants to speak it because you, you can lose your job. You don't get your articles published, your books published. I mean, isn't that indicative that there there is something wired into us intrinsically by God? that the like the for instance the gender binary really is a real thing and and not just something yeah yeah,
2: well it is everybody knows truth when they hear it Mm -hmm. and because god has wired that into us you know truth and when somebody comes to you and said you have an x and a y chromosome the truth is you're a boy or a man that kid knows it And all of this transgender stuff is clearly a fad because Mm -hmm. you don't have a, a quote, uh, dysphoria, illness, uh, discrepancy, whatever. Come out of the woodwork and go from zero to 4,000 in a year. You know, you'd never have um, a pneumonia or you'd never have the amount of depression in a culture, whatever, increased by 4,000% within one year. There's something else going on there. So, but yeah. every, people know truth, they know it deep in their hearts. Mm. Even criminals know truth, but That's right. they choose not to act on it. Yeah. Well, Dr. Meg, thank you so much
0: for being unlicensed and parent and just sharing your knowledge of dads and kids and what they both need. Well, thank you. Our guest today on Licensed to Parent has been Dr. Meg Meeker. You can find more information on Dr. Meg and her work with dads and kids at meekerparenting.com. That's meekerparenting.com. Thanks for listening to Licensed to Parent. If you are dealing with a troubled teen, Shepherd's Hill is here to help you. Contact us today. Go to to licensedaparent.org. And at Shepherd's Hill Academy, we are pushing forward with construction on our campus, making improvements to benefit our students and teachers. Would you consider helping us finish this phase of construction? A donation of any amount would be appreciated. You can donate online at LicensedToParent.org and click the donate button. Thanks to our team for making today possible. Our producer is Rich Rosell. Carl Peetz is our technical producer. For Trace Embry, I'm Michelle Hill, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your license to
1: parents. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.